great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Hello, and you are listening There's to Of Mice and Main Street Man. I am Tristan. And I am Sean. Hey, Sean. How are you? <laughs> wow, know. you don't usually sing the question. That's weird. I mean, you know, that's fine. Well, it's all right, because today is a happy topic. I am feeling... I am feeling bubbly and joyous. I am too, especially after the last two weeks where our oh lordy, yeah, yeah, it was time for a little, time for a little more upbeat kind of fun kind of yeah. Yeah, we needed some structure. So what we're gonna do is about top ten things that we love about Fantasyland. Now we've done this with attractions and we've done this with the parks and things like that. But parks in general, yes. I guess we took Galaxy's Edge and talked about what we loved about that. So I guess that's the first time. But, but we're I guess so. Fantasyland, which I am a big fan of Fantasyland. Who, who is not? Who is not a fan of Fantasyland out there? Honestly. Put that in the comments. Absolutely. Yeah, you let us know. If you don't like Fantasyland, we will bring you on the show and we will tell you why you are wrong. <laughs> yes, we will. Aggressive. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to get so aggressive. It was the last two episodes. They've left a scar. That's why that's why we need a fantasy cleanse is what we call it in the biz. Well, we're going to do a top 10, a good old <laughs> top 10 list. Um, and uh, also, real quick before we start, do you ever listen to the Diz List podcast? Have you ever listened to those guys? On occasion. Oh, man, he, I'm, I, I was messaging with uh, them a little bit while uh, he was on his trip. And um, I love listening to that. Anyway. Shout out to you all because um, I, I love your lists and 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 here's one of ours. So hello, Diz List Podcast. Um, hey, Diz List. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna have them on the show at some point. We talked about doing a collaboration soon, so hopefully we can figure that out. So cool. I know. So let's start with your number ten, Mister McCall. Well, we'll start right with the bright and shiny Rapunzel bathroom. Is where I'm gonna start. It's a good good place to begin. Because, yeah, I, is it on your list? It is, a little bit later, yes. Okay, okay, well, and who knew? Who knew a bathroom could even make number 10, let alone a little higher on your list? So I will just say that it, it is the butt of many jokes, I feel like. But, but it it truly is the first time I feel like Disney has really stepped up the theming of their restrooms. It's the best one in magic kingdom. Right. And, and I go, all right, Disney, you know, this was a success. What, you know, when when are the Davy Crockett restrooms going to show up in, in Frontierland? (laughs) You know, when is the, when is the, the, I don't know. I don't know what it should, I guess like, you know, the, maybe the aliens from Toy Story should have their own restroom over in Tomorrowland, but. Well, you're going to soon leave your life as an actor and become a Disney imag- bathroom Imagineer. Watch out. A bathroomineer, I think they're called. Um, But, but yeah. All right. Well, well then we'll, we'll talk a little more, I guess, about the Rapunzel bathroom, but you know, just the idea that it's, you know, she doesn't get her own attraction, which unfortunately that's it, it, it is it is a little sad to say to a princess i'm sorry miss you don't get i'm sorry your highness i guess is what you would actually say i'm sorry your highness you don't get an attraction 
but we can give you a bathroom. Um, but it's, I'm not sure how that conversation went, but you know, to see her tower up there, to see those Flynn Rider wanted posters, you know, as you're going in and out of the bathroom, that is just a, that is a fun touch. And that is why I started my list at number 10 with the Rapunzel bathroom. I applaud that decision because yes, it is a stunning area um, for it being a bathroom. So photogenic over there too. Very, very picturesque. Uh, Yeah. One of the most photogenic bathrooms I've ever been a part of. Oh, and it's always so clean in there. Right. For as many people are going in there all the time. Yeah. Amazing. It was our, was our go-to place. Um, Okay, so my number 10 is uh Pinocchio's Village House. Now, don't make fun of me. Okay. With me. Hey, I'm not I'm not making fun of you. It's actually I mongelloed it in a little later in my list. Okay. Actually. Well, cuz I know this gets a lot of like flack online from like the the Disney podcast and uh influencer community, but listen, we discovered this gem on the recent trip actually. I had not been in there until this most recent trip we took. Um Really ever? Oh, I, I, it was just because of its like reputation that from a lot of the influences I follow, I just never bothered, but I'm, I I'm, I'm done listening to those, most of those people anyway. Um, but like, if like you Donald's got a Donald is what I always say. Like, I love that you can sit overlooking small world. That was yes. And Harper. Oh my God. Harper was waving at every single boat and making them smile. Uh And that made her so happy. And like, it made me so happy to see her beaming. She was so excited that she was making all these people happy. Like she turned to us at one point and said, daddy, I'm making all these people happy. And I was like, Oh, Oh, Oh. but also, uh, so that's like just a core memory of her just waving. We sat there for a very long time. So she could do this on the reel. I posted recently. You can kind of see her doing that. Um, but also the food in there, let me tell you best soup I've had (laughs) on Disney property. Really? They what have, kind of what kind of soup, sir? They had this tomato basil soup that I fell in love with. We also had the flatbread pizza, which was delicious, by the way. Um, wow. But also, uh, it's also reasonably priced. It was the cheapest meal that we had the entire time we were there. But what a wonderful experience. Like, the food, the atmosphere, that moment with Harper. Like, huge fan of Pinocchio's now. But I'm telling you, tomato basil soup. Whew. Wow. Well, because I will, I will admit that I, as a child, we ate there quite a bit. Oh, now that was long before tomato basil soup and flatbread. It was, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers back in the day. But oh. I remember sitting in there, like with my grandparents, in the in you know in the room that's got the the glass windows to overlook Small World, and you know, it's just. It was always, and I'm glad to hear that it was still one of the more affordable meals that you that you ate because, you great. know, it has a it it holds a special place in my heart. So yay, good for you and your number ten. Yeah, Pinocchio's is my number ten. What's your number nine? My number nine is the Cinderella Fountain. Oh sure, is it on your list? But that's a good one. <laughs> okay. Because, again, that's just one of those things I remember as a kid and, you know, just the way it sits off there to the side. And, of course, you know, always the the tour guides and the cast members, you know, remind you how that that's one of those hard and fast examples of how Disney is is built for kids because 
if your kid size, like if you kneel down as an adult and you look, the crown actually like sort of sits on Cinderella's head if you're a kid. Whereas if you're a tall adult, it just is painted in the back of the fountain. And you're like, well, that's weird. Why is there a hovering? Why is there a hovering crown? But, uh, you know, and I think it's got Gus and Jacques around there even maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I just go, that is just one of those quintessential things about fantasy land that i i think is a perfect touch i love that oh well uh my number nine is uh hits you in this nostalgic as well but it's it's winnie the pooh um i'm bumbling winnie the pooh fan and this attraction makes my heart sore now i understand what it used to be so i know there's a lot of you know resentment towards what it is now um but that is, that is wrong of those people. It's like don't don't hate the bear. No, he's not the one that negotiated the deal. When it's so charming and like, oh, it is so lovely, and it's a must do for us every trip. We usually do it a few times because we're all Winnie the Pooh fans. And Harper's still, you know, she's older, but she's still young enough that she still gets a kick out of it. And um, but I love it. well, and and. There may come a time she thinks she's too cool for Pooh, but man, you'll come back to that eventually and go, I just, it's, it's such a delightful attraction. I got a, I got three photos today from a client who is traveling at Disney right now. And one of them was her with her two grandkids. And I was like, where are they? So I like, you know, made the picture just a little bigger. And I'm like, oh, they're in their honeypot. That's where they are. And it made me smile. Yeah, so, I love it. Yeah. Uh, even when Savannah and I have gone without Harper, we still do it. <laughs> so I, I will admit that we usually do too with our adult friends because there's just something about Winnie the Pooh that makes your day better. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. So that's my number nine is Winnie the Pooh. All right, my number eight, and I meant to look this up because as a travel agent, I should know what is current and what's not. But sometimes my sometimes my sense of past and present gets messed up. And I don't think it's currently a an experience, but certainly the physical it, thing is there, and that's the sword and the stone. It's still there. You know, yeah, no, I know it's still there, but I don't think, because once upon a time, they would do a ceremony like at at least once or twice. It seems like it was like every hour or two hours or whatever, where Merlin would come out and they would choose, you know, they'd have some adults try to remove the sword. And they of course couldn't. And then they would pick a kid and the kid would remove the sword. So, and I don't, I don't think that ceremony still happens. Does it? I don't think it does with the Merlin, but I've seen, people posting the videos of their kid like lifting it out and the adults can't do it and all that so i i think it's really i think it's because so, i just i think it's, I, I didn't know that i i knew like you could go up and it's a great photo op and you know to try to pull it out but it won't go because i'm pretty sure merlin has to release it if it's gonna if it's actually gonna come out of the anvil or whatever it's in but but still t- it in old videos too who knows like when they were taken. It, it holds nostalgia for me so great i love that i chose the sword and the stone i love that well my number eight is actually under the sea journey of the little mermaid um mm-hmm. we 
on the show before about how I love this queue. It's stunning. Arguably one of the better queues in Magic Kingdom. Although Tron is up there for me now, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, that canopy and the lights at night. So cool. But yes. Uh, that's for another episode. Everyone take a drink. Um, but it is, uh, it's sublime. The ride is so charming. Um, it's also a nice break from the heat. Um, but love that. True. What they've done with that queue is absolutely stunning. So I'm a huge fan of Under the Sea. Another one we do quite a quite a few times as well. Um, we're big fans. Although half the animatronics weren't working late one night when we were there, and that just oops. Painting. So um, that that sounds a little more nightmarish. Yeah, it was during the the under the sea scene, and like yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that like, must have blown a fuse. Yeah, it was weird. Um, half but, the sea was not functioning. Yeah, at least she didn't have Ursula's head dangling from her body, did you? No, thank God. That been... well, it's a good day, I guess. <laughs> under the sea. Um, so yeah, that is my number eight. Is under the sea. All right, my number seven is some of the hidden things in Fantasyland. Have, have you got any of the hidden stuff on I, yours? I did some Lumangeloine later. Yeah. Okay, well, I was just because I started to think about it, and I'm like, well, there are just several things in fantasy lands that I'm a fan of, and that you'd look. I mean, one of well, one we already touched on with Winnie the Pooh. There's such a nice homage to uh, Mister T- the painting in in that first scene in Owl's House, where there's a painting of Mister Toad handing the deed to the land over to uh, over to owl yes which you know it's just how the imagineers pay a little just a tip of a tip of the hat a nod of the head to the past uh because have you ever checked out the nautilus the hidden nautilus no where's that It it is also there in the winnie the pooh area because of course those of us who remember the Nautilus and remember 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, it was directly across from where Winnie the Pooh is now. Whoa. And if you go in that tree house, the, I mean, like the, 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 like the, I'm pretty sure it's a tree, also a house. Um, I mean, not like a climb up into a tree house, but like a hollowed out tree. There's like a curved door okay. that you can go into the tree. If you look up above the door, there is actually an impression of the Nautilus, which is very cool. Uh, And well, and I have a feeling since the, since the Rapunzel bathrooms are on your list in a little bit, I will not really talk so much about the Pascals at this point. Cause is that part of your charm of the bathroom? Yeah. Okay. So we'll talk about those in a little bit, but Last January, for the very first time... Oh, well, wait. And also, Little Mermaid has, like, if you exit the queue, there's, like, a perfect way to see, like, a Steamboat Willie with the rocks and stuff. Yes, there is. Yeah. I I still have not seen that. I still haven't either. Like, a certain time, too. That's the whole thing. Like, part of it is... Well, there's, like, a certain time that that the sun shines. Oh, there's something, like, on... On Mickey's birthday, like on November 18th, <laughs> yeah. there's like the sun lines up in such, it's like 
Disney's version of Stonehenge, yeah. where it gives you like a little or a cer- certain times during the day. Anyway, I digress. There is actually a hidden Oswald, which oh. I had I it was on a scavenger hunt list. Okay, uh, that we did when I was there with the agency in January. Now there's supposedly one also in Adventureland, but I found or Jackie found or someone found the the hidden Oswald. It's out in front. It's in the pavement. It's embedded in okay. the pavement out in front of Enchanted Tales with Bell. Oh, but, but as a hidden Oswald, it's the round Mickey head. But instead of having two round ears, it's got two oblong ears. Huh. So that was my first hidden Oswald. And that is another thing about Fantasyland that I love. Yeah, that's a really good Is one. the hidden stuff. So that was my number seven. Great. So my number seven is the fireworks viewing from Fantasyland. Um, that's, that's good. That's a good one. It is not on my list. We've hit this before, but this particular, so this was so magical. We started, so the fireworks started when we were on Seven Dwarves Mine Train, which was just, you're going up the hill on Seven Dwarves and the fireworks are going off. Everybody was crying. There was a a, a, a British dude sitting next to me in that. And he goes, I don't even like fireworks, but this is magical. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, we just suck them in. But we we finished watching the fireworks um, near the carousel because we when we got off Seven Dwarfs and Seven Dwarfs is only like thirty seconds long, we got off and um, we stood over there and oh my god it was like so overwhelming in like the best possible way you can't see any projections obviously but like you get some of the light and you get fireworks from all around and like oh my god it is was like over well, and I'm I'm sure it's less crowded than Main Street correct. Yeah. Or the hub. Yeah. Oh, so overwhelming too. But like, oh my gosh, if you ever get a chance to do that. Oh um, I probably will accidentally end up the I'm such a fireworks snob that I really want the projections when I'm there. So And we did one night with that. Just we were, you know, we had seen it by that point and we were like, oh, we're here. This would be kind of cool. And it was. So highly recommend. Well, I, I like the corn dog that you recommend, so maybe sometime I will take in the fireworks viewing from Fantasyland. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend. All right, you actually mentioned my number six in there, and that's the carousel. Yes, I figured you'd mention that. Yes, uh, I just, I mean, and I think part of it is not only the nostalgia for, you know, Disney and how. Disneyland and ultimately Disney World would not have existed if Walt Disney hadn't like sat out watching his girls ride a carousel in Griffith Park and and you know that and and how Disney actually purchased actual you know historical carousels and refurbished them and has refurbished the the horses and the you know the all of that stuff but I think maybe more than anything, it's it's the music that carries and and the that old, you know, circus calliope sort of versions of all those Disney songs that are just, you know, I think 
I think that's probably the main reason it's on my list, but just the carousel in general. That's a really good one. I love that. That did not make my list, but that's a, that's beautiful. So what's your, what's your number six? My number six is the be our guest restaurant. Um, uh, for me, there's nothing quite like that vibe. And I'm a huge Beauty and the Beast fan. Um, my whole family is. So we absolutely love it. It The atmosphere, the theming, the details, the food. This is a, a, a top tier and top dollar experience. But um, also, you know, it, you know. Did but, you eat there? Did you eat there on the last trip? We did not. No. Oh. We, um, we, we kept our sit downs pretty minimal. We just did. Um, do you prefer breakfast, lunch, or dinner? We've only had dinner there. So I hear, I think it, you, you said the lunch is really good there, right? I, I have always been a fan of the lunch there and it's not quite as expensive. No, it's not. It, it, I, so we did look, we did think about going to lunch there and then we decided on something else, but, um, I just literally love also the outside of it is gorgeous with the castle up on the hill and everything. And um, yeah. This looks wonderful over there, but in, in particular, the Be Our Guest restaurant, we're big fans. Um, and that is our, my number six. Well, and that's interesting because it is inclusive in my number five, because I, I lumangelloed all over the place here because I said, and this goes back to our original discussion, I, I put dining as number five for my fantasy land. And that is because not only does it have the two premier sit-down locations in beauty or in be our guest and cinderella's royal table which i have to say if you have never done cinderella's royal table you need to do it once in your life you really do um and because i had not done i mean i used to go as a kid when it was king stefan's banquet hall which first of all made no sense (laughs) because king stefan is sleeping beauty's father but still (laughs) somehow the imagineers let that slip for about i don't know 10 20 years um but i also oh yeah oh my god when i was a kid everything was served on like these pewter dishes and they had an amazing beef barley soup that i remember to this day and it came in like a little uh a little pewter like cast iron no pewter like little soup pot like a terrine i mean like a little like with a little handle and everything now i think eventually they decided that the pewter was like slowly poisoning any guests that ate there regularly and so they switched they switched their dinnerware but uh i mean the interior just has not changed really since i was a kid you know there's still the little elevator but then the stairs that go up next to it and i think the last time i ate there was Jackie and I were there on a trip and because we were a party of two and there are not many tables for two in that restaurant, the one of the tables for two is directly in the middle of the stained glass window that overlooks Fantasyland and the carousel. And we got to sit there. And part of why I feel like I've never gone back is because that was such a perfect experience Yeah, that, that it would be hard to repeat that. But but so I digress. I I run down my spoke as I do. But, you know, not only Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest, but also Pinocchio's Village House. Oh, sure. 
because you know it uh, for all the reasons we said before so so dining in fantasy land is my number five that's a good one my number <laughs> five is uh dumbo but at dusk Ooh. because let me tell you nothing quite like that the lights from storybook circus the castle you can see tron in the distance and dumbo itself is just such a pretty attraction at night with the water and the the leds um and if you don't get emotional on that at that time you are heartless because if you're like me i love the circus um i i like i love disney i love dumbo i i turn into a puddle and it just makes my heart so happy and um, Harper and I got to ride in one together and it was just, it was like a perfect time of night to, oh God, it was just gorgeous. Ugh. It was absolutely stunning. And we were, it was just like a, such a wonderful, like core moment and core memory now. Um, but yeah, Dumbo at dusk in particular is my number five. That's very cool. Cause I have never really thought about Dumbo at any certain time of day. Um, but that ties in exactly to my number four. And I have a feeling maybe you broke these down or at least one of these, but <laughs> I, I lumped, I lumped all of the classic attractions into my number four because I feel like fantasy land is kind of the quintessential Disney land experience. And, uh, and I feel that part of that are the quintessential attractions, one of which being Dumbo uh but of course i also threw in the teacups and peter pan just because those are the attractions that when you think of a disney theme park i feel like you know even if you've never been to a disney theme park you know what dumbo is you know what the teacups are and hopefully you know what peter pan is but (laughs) so classic attractions are my number four that's lovely. So it kind of ties into mine a little bit. So my number four is the fact that it feels like Walt Disney. Like when I would imagine what Walt kind of wanted, that's what I imagine. But I also imagine that's what Walt Disney World, before I had gone there, this is what I imagine Walt Disney World felt like, looked like, sounded like. It was fantasy land, you know, in a lot of ways. And there's something about it that just makes me very emotional and like, just very like happy to be there because it feels like the most escape from reality right there because of the colors and the music and the vibe. And, and even, you know, I included the tangled bathrooms area, which is sublime (laughs) on that, which I do think is the best bathroom in magic kingdom. And it's our go-to like, it's just for whatever reason, that's just kind of the place we go. Um, Well, you got to be really dedicated to a bathroom to haul your cookies there from like the jungle cruise. We do it though. <laughs> I, I understand. It is your bathroom of choice. It is. And you know, also I've kind of roped into this. We touched on this, but the, the, the hidden Pascals, um, uh, I roped. Oh, right. This, you know, just like those little hidden details over there, which I think are so great. Um, and the lanterns, the lanterns are nice. Oh, and just like the posters that are on the walls are very fun. Um, yes, I did rope into also the queue for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I think is really really awesome. Um, uh, we talked about what else did I? I'm trying to read my note here. Uh, oh yeah, and we talked a little bit about the castle and just like uh, just in general the theming. 
and like everything is just so cool. And there's that Neverland mural. I wrote that into this. So just the, I guess you could just call it the entire vibe is what I love about Fantasyland. And it just always makes me so happy. So that's my number four is all of just Lumangelo'd into one answer. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What's your number? My number. My number three is a little more encompassing and sort of esoteric and one I knew that you probably would not cover because I said in my number three is the evolution of Fantasyland. And I started to write the good and the bad. And I'm like, well, none of it is really bad. So I changed it to the good and the sad. Okay. Because as we have mentioned even earlier in this episode, you know, I miss 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That was such a cool attraction when I was a kid. And you, well, you'll go to Disneyland and you'll ride the submarines with Nemo and friends. And you'll know that's kind of what the Nautilus and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was like. But, you know, and and I love Pooh, but I miss Mr. Toad, which is why when you go to Disneyland, you can still get Mr. Toad. Um, But as a kid... And now that I'm an adult, I look back and I go, really? This was your, and because I I certainly read stuff about why the decisions were made in terms of cost and, and all. But when I was a kid, you know, fantasy land just sort of had these medieval tent looking things for every attraction. Uh I mean, there was none of the amazing detail of, of the storytelling, it looked like you had gone to the Renaissance Festival. Okay. You know, Renaissance Festival, Small World, Renaissance Festival, Peter Pan's Flight. And certainly over the years, that morphed. Now, I will say, I don't think, because in the 80s, Disneyland completely redid their fantasy land and, and did a lot of gorgeous structural stuff that I still feel that Florida never quite has matched up to. Okay. Um, but then in 2009, was it that the new fantasy land opened that, that was truly a step in an awesome direction for Florida's fantasy land. Cause it had clearly gotten the, the short end of the stick. Um with the whole medieval tent treatment and when when the new fantasy land showed up it really kicked fantasy land up up a notch because you suddenly had things like be our guest restaurant and bell's village and little voyage of the little mermaid or under the sea stuff and and so that's also what wiped out you know 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and also then added, you know, the storybook circus back there, which, and and the double Dumbos, you know, because when I was a kid, Dumbo was kind of not far off the carousel. Okay. Um, and then when they completely redid it, moved it over, made it pretty, gave you the little coaster like you're at a restaurant that allows you to come back to your place in line, which is brilliant, but um, you know, all of that I thought was what fantasy land deserved. And so, so my number four, wait, my number four, number three. my number, no, my number three yeah. is the evolution, the good and the sad. 
I love that. See, I've only been going since 2015, so that the evolution is not something I ever knew anything about, really. Well, as you know, it is. I am here to speak to my historical knowledge. Love that about you. So, my number three is actually Peter Pan's flight. Um, We've talked a long a lot about you know Peter Pan is one of my favorite characters, and it's nostalgic and it's whimsical. And I dig the simple ways it makes you feel like you're flying, but yeah, the, the bike chain effect in the London streets. We've talked about that before. I really love that. And it's, it's, you know, short and sweet, but it's absolutely delightful. And I just absolutely love it. Uh, and that is one that I, I, we do do the, the, the lightning lane if we can, because that 90 minute wait for something that short is a little bit rough sometimes, although that's yeah. lovely, but still. Um, but Peter Pan's flight is my number three. I just absolutely love that attraction so much. I, I know you do. And I do too. I, I, I didn't mean to diminish it by putting it in my classics still though. Once you do Peter Pan's flight in California, that's what I hit. Yeah. You'll, you'll love it. Um, so my number two is architecture Ooh. because especially once, Fantasyland opened up in 2009 and the new Fantasyland stuff appeared, you know, in the in the early days, it was certainly the castle that, you know, the use of force perspective. And Lord knows the color palette of the castle has changed a lot through the years, not the least of which was the Pepto-Bismol pink lifesaver horrible version of the 25th anniversary. But... <laughs> You know, if we didn't have that horrible benchmark, who knows, who knows what we could hold up to comparison to say, well, at least this is better than that. But I mean, (laughs) but but so so that idea of detail to the fantasy architecture, like, you know, I loved how when the new fantasy land opened, it had those arches that are reminiscent of the castle that gave it a sort of coherent feel you know, and then when you get back into, as you said, it's like the mountain that's got the beast's castle up on the top and the drawbridge to enter be our guest. And, you know, Bell's village with with Gaston's tavern and 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 Little Mermaid and even Storybook Circus. It's like there's just so much attention to those fun architectural details that that feel like a different place. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so my number two actually segue is a beautiful segue into mine. Number two. Well, is, you're welcome. Yeah, you, thank you very much for that. Is uh, you're welcome. Is As C- now I would say, Cinderella Castle is actually my number two. Um, it's obvious. I mean, she's a beauty and an emotional beacon for all ages, but also just one hell of a a feat of engineering. And um, yeah, I I love that castle so much. And it, just short enough, it doesn't have to have a red blinky light hang right but i would like a foot or something yeah no it's yeah i love cinderella castle um and uh yeah i don't know there's something well, no, that those it- murals i mean i remember looking at those murals when i was a kid and just thinking yeah. how cool they were and the, the gold leaf and yeah it's gorgeous man it is so gorgeous it's so pretty so that is my number two is cinderella castle All right. Well, my number one sort of goes where I think these lists tend to culminate, which is sort of a 
sort of a non-specific, vague feeling that I have about Fantasyland. And I wrote down whimsy and atmosphere. Oh. And I go, I mean, Disney parks are in and of themselves fantasy worlds. I mean, we're fantasizing about tomorrow. We're fantasizing about the Old West. We're fantasizing, you know, about New England or whatever. They're all fantasy, but fantasy land is such the iconic. I mean, you know, Walt Disney built Disneyland and ultimately Disney World from that as a chance for all of us to immerse ourselves in those animated films. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's the Rapunzel bathroom that makes us feel like we've <laughs> experienced Tangled or. <laughs> Or, you know, riding on that pirate ship in Peter Pan's flight or, you know, bouncing along with Pooh in a honeypot. It's just it's the reason we keep going back to Disney over and over again. And and, you know, that that feeling of childhood that as you grow up and begin to appreciate how truly horrible the world can be and you know it's just that happy place that you can go back to that's got music that that cheers you up and you know and makes you smile and and visuals that make you smile and and remember you know your your parents your grandparents your your kids you know all of those memories let's face it disney disney is in the memory business and part of why Part of why fans are so devoted is because of all of the memories you associate with a Disney park. And I feel like no place is that more cemented than in Fantasyland. Oh, that's a gorgeous answer. Oh, my gosh. All right. Follow that tap, Scott. Uh, uh, Well, well, okay. (laughs) What is your number one? My number one is actually it's a small world. Um. Listen, I am in awe every time. I know it seems silly, but I'm in love with this attraction. And I'm so thankful that Harper and Sav <laughs> on it with me. Uh, we went on it, I think, four or five times in this last trip. I, I mes- I'm mesmerized. I am, it, I've been on it a thousand times at this point. But the fact that there are no screens except for that one weird screen that's in India that I'm like, why, why is this here? Um <laughs> And it definitely stands out, but like, it's so real and creative and colorful. And it's what Walt Disney was all about, you know, and the fact that it's still there and it hasn't been replaced with something, you know, digital is, is so great and so wonderful. And we are so lucky that we can still experience something that's been around that long. And, you know, it's, it just encapsulates what this is about, man. And I absolutely love it. And I'm so thankful. Mm-hmm. I live in a time when I can go on it. Um, mm-hmm. I love everything that you said about fantasy land is exactly how I feel. You use the word whimsical and that is what it is. And, you know, I, it's impossible to go to that area of the park and not feel like a kid again and not feel you know, happy. And it is a place where like all of your cares can just kind of fly away. And, well, uh, and 
You know, I, I, I love your answer too. I really do. I teared up a little thinking about small world and how my mom loved it. And we still go on it as a tribute to her. And, and just as a reminder that no matter how much the outside world is messed up, the children of the world have the potential to solve it all because it's true that it is a small world and we all need to. So I, I think you did a fine job of following my number one with your number one. Well, you know, if somebody would like to go experience Fantasyland, which is one of my favorite places in all of Walt Disney, <laughs> how could they experience Well, it? they could certainly contact me, Sean, at Briar and Maine on Facebook or hurry back to Sean on Instagram. Shoot me an email, Sean at BriarandMaine.com. Um, or go to the Briar and Main Travel Boutique website and, you know, you can fill out a quote form there. All sorts of ways to get a hold of me and I can help you plan your Disney vacation or a vacation anywhere in that small world that you want to go. I love that. I and, love- and what about you, Mr. Media Mogul of the Quad Cities? What's coming up for you? No, our little theater is uh, still trying to find its way through. We're we're making progress every day and we're just waiting on a construction timeline so that we can hopefully open by the holidays. But you can follow all of our updates if you follow the Mockingbird on Main on Instagram and Facebook or the Mockingbird on Main.com. But also while you're on your social media, you might as well follow of Mice and Main Street Man. Um, Please do. Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're posting, you know, a lot more of these days, and you should check it out. Um but, uh, you know, also, we just like to connect with you. So if you want to come on the show, or if you have an idea, let us know. We're always looking for ideas. And um, we're just happy to keep doing this. And we're this is the 82nd uh, episode now. So we're wow, we're, we're going to get to that 100 here soon. And it's going to be wow, we, we need to start planning because that's a big one. I've got an idea, actually, maybe. So we'll see. All right. When will that be? What does that see? Where does it? Where that should probably fall like in January. Yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah, because right. that will be almost two years, which in theory is 104 episodes. Crazy. So. <laughs> That's nuts. Um, it is, but it's been a heck of a journey. It's been fun, man. It's been fun. Um, and you know, thank you all for listening. It's so cool that that you're all here with us, and uh, we really appreciate you. And um, if you if you're new, go back and listen to some other episodes. Um, and uh, thank you all for joining us, Sean. It's always a pleasure. Likewise. And we will see you real soon. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing.